0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Body Wisdom Podcast. I'm Tammy Bulmash, and today I'm going to be speaking with Lauren Hill. Lauren has been a certified Alexander Technique teacher since 2003 and has continued her training with postgraduate courses given by Jessica Wolfe and John Nichols. She offers private Alexander Technique lessons from her studio in St. Paul, Minnesota, and teaches group classes at St. Paul Community Education. Lauren also assists at the Minnesota Center for the Alexander Technique, an Alexander Technique training program in Minneapolis. She is on the faculty of an annual residential Alexander Technique retreat and was previously a board member for the American Society for the Alexander Technique. In addition to teaching the Alexander Technique, Lauren is an editor and writer for the Body Wisdom publication on the platform Medium. This publication brings together ideas about the mind-body connection in terms of health, well-being, personal development, Optimal functioning and performance. I'm really excited to have Lauren with us today because the last time we spoke Lauren was actually on the other side interviewing me and I'm really really happy to have her here now so that I can Talk with her because Lauren is one of my favorite writers and also members of the Alexander Technique community Lauren, thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Oh, it's a pleasure
0: How, how are things in, in uh, Minneapolis these days?
1: Oh, it's cooled down a little bit. Fall is coming. Winter is soon on its way. <laughs> so what, what is
0: cool for you? What, what is uh, the tempest?
1: Cool. I'm getting, I mean, it, it's, it's been, we've had a kind of a warm August. It was in the 80s and 90s. And all okay. of a sudden, it was a high of 60 last week. Oh, so, high of 60. OK. Yeah. That's
0: like a dream temperature here in Florida, where it feels like 105 every day. <laughs> so I'm waiting for the fall and excited for it to come so lauren as i mentioned before i have been a fan of your writing for a really long time and this particular article is one of my favorites and so i wanted to go ahead and talk about this article of yours that i really love and the title of the article is be quick but don't hurry how to harness your mind muscle connection so lauren um, at first glance the title seems to describe the same thing namely being Quick and hurrying. However, at second glance, you advise to be quick yet not to hurry. So can you explain the difference between being quick and hurrying?
1: Yeah, I I think a very simple way of thinking about it is when you're talking about being quick, it's really describing the speed of any movement. So if if you're walking from one end of the block to the other, you can walk quickly or you could walk slowly or another example, if you're folding your laundry, you can fold your laundry quickly or you can fold your laundry slowly. It just has to do with how fast or slow you're doing the movement. Mm -hmm. And hurry has to do with what you're thinking. It has to do with your mindset, in particular around time. And when we talk about a hurrying mindset, it's usually a mindset that's a bit stressful around time. So thoughts such as i don't have time i don't have enough time you know pretty familiar to a lot of people um as opposed to you know you could have a different type of thought like i have time or i have enough time you know that's different
0: absolutely i i can certainly relate to that feeling of i don't have enough time um i think a lot of people can relate to that. Um, And In your article you also gave an example where you could sense that a woman was hurrying and you mentioned that it was written all over her movements. Could you just describe to our listeners uh, some of the things that you noticed when someone was hurrying or maybe you could even say rushing?
1: Yeah. so rushing and hurrying are you know I would say interchangeable Mm -hmm. terms. So if we go back to what I just said that Describing somebody moving quickly has to do with the speed of their movement and the hurrying has to do or rushing has to do with their mindset That mindset will infect their movement and affect the quality of their movement So what I saw in this woman as she walked behind me, I was blow drying my hair and I could see her in the mirror She was walking quite quickly into the locker room, but she looked very tense in her neck and shoulders Even her face looked tense Mm -hmm. Um, And when she got into the locker area, she started unloading her backpack and putting stuff in the locker and trying to get dressed. And, you know, she was moving quickly, but she was being very clumsy, dropping things all over the place, probably because she was in a hurry. And yeah. just a, a, another, you know, she was also making all kinds of noises, you know, sighing and oh, uh, and this and that, which you often hear actually quite a bit in the locker room, which is quite, quite humorous. Um, <laughs> and what's, what's interesting about um, the fact that this woman was hurrying and dropping stuff, I mean, she probably would have gotten done more quickly had she not been in such a hurry, you know, because she, she had to stop and pick things up. She kept dropping. And that, was, you know, that wasted her time. Oh,
0: I, I relate to that last part so much. I know when I, um, I, there was a time that I was trying to take a bunch of grocery bags out of the car. And so rather than make several trips, I thought, you know, I'm going to be quick. I'm going to, you know, take eight bags, four in each one. And of course, that did not work. I spilled, I dropped, and then you have the mess that you have to clean up. So the rushing, the hurrying actually cost me a lot more time than had I just, you know, taken maybe one bag in each hand and then gone back and forth, you know, four times that would have been a a more efficient use of time. So um, I I really love this piece because I think it underscores exactly uh, this principle of time and how we look at time in this, uh, this, this mindset. And um, I think that most people can certainly relate to, to, wanting to get things done quickly, um, but it doesn't work out the way that we anticipate. And in the article, you discuss how hurrying is a symptom of a mindset and a mindset that says, I don't have enough time. Can you explain a bit more about that and its implications?
1: Yeah. So I think, you know, most of us, for most of us, we we have thoughts or self-talk about time that tend to be stressful again i don't have time i don't have enough time i have too much on my plate i'm never going to get this done i mean you could probably add 10 to that list you know we're, we're very good at that and time time itself is not stressful but how we think about time makes it stressful um the other end of that continuum is you know more i would say more easeful thoughts around time so i have time which is the simplest one, but also, I have time to enjoy what I'm doing in this moment. I have plenty of time to get done what I'm doing. I can do what I'm doing now. I will have time to do the next thing when I'm finished with this. Um, and so how you know, often I think our self-talk around time is, is subconscious. We're not even realizing that this kind of record is playing in our, our tape is playing in our head. Um, but it, it is affecting the quality of your movement its affecting the tension in your body and um and i you know i'm talking i grew up in a western culture and and i you know we tend to have a lot of focus on time in this culture and hurrying up and i you know i i know other cultures relate to time differently yeah. but i you know i'm talking from a, a western cultural perspective
0: yeah oh yeah absolutely i think that um definitely uh living in different parts of the world time you know being late is considered you know that's just how you do it it's almost rude to come early but in american or western culture punctuality is very important and i think that that's part of uh the western culture's notion of trying to get a lot of things done trying to you know check you know let's let's put a check to our day all the things the list of things that we did and um and and that is something that i think um I've thought about also when you wrote um, when you when you published this that was one of the first things that struck me about this piece that I really liked because I think it also relates to the current era that we're in where now the concept of time has sort of been turned upside down. So the things that used to be done outside of the home are now being done at home, like adults are working from home and children are learning virtually. And this has made scheduling more challenging uh, for a lot of people. And I know I can personally relate to thinking that I don't have enough time to get things done. And I'm going to venture a guess that many of our listeners might also be thinking uh, the same way. And what What are some ways that you can suggest uh, for us to get out of that mindset?
1: Yeah, so two things come to mind. One is, first, if you have a moment when you notice that you're literally saying to yourself, I don't have enough time to get this done, to stop in that moment and realize, I can switch that thought. I That that's a stressful thought. And I can switch that to a more, I'm going to say, easeful thought um, by simply saying, I have time. Even if you don't believe it, you can say it to yourself. So it becomes a habit, I think, to think about time always in a stressful way, that you don't have enough of it. Um, And so beginning to notice that habit um, and interrupting it and choosing something else Um, And actually, you know, the Alexander Technique has a lot to do with habits and a lot of times we think about the technique having to do with posture and physical habits, but just as much mental habits, if not more. And so this is an example of a mental habit that a lot of us have. And just the awareness of that moment when you're telling yourself something stressful, I've got too much on my plate, I don't have enough time, I have to get this done so, I'm get, so I can get on to the next thing, is I would say way more than half the battle is just that awareness. Because when you have that awareness, you have an ability then to make a choice about it. I'm gonna continue to have this stressful thought or I'm gonna try a different thought. So that's, that's my one one thing. The second thing has to do with the, to, the to-do list. And I'm speaking from a female perspective, yes. and a lot has been written about the, the female to-do list. I would be very interested to hear from our male listeners if this applies to them as well. but I think you know you can relate as most women can relate to having a to-do list that's either in your head or it's on a piece of paper. and a lot of times that to-do list that we make for ourselves is is unreasonable and so, one trick that I have that I do sometimes, I will list all my stuff either on a piece of paper or in my head, but it's easier to do it on a piece of paper and just let myself write everything down I think I need to do today. And then just look at it and just ask yourself, how does my body feel as I look at this list? You know, am I feeling, beginning to feel tight? Okay. Because if it's unreasonable, you know, I mean, there is only so much that you can actually accomplish in one day. And if it's, you've put way more on there than is reasonable. That's, that's gonna trigger that thought that, oh my God, I don't have enough time. And you, you probably don't, you know, and that, that's, that's stressful and you're gonna, how do we respond to stress? We all know how we respond to stress. We get tight, mm-hmm. usually in our neck, our shoulders and our upper back. That's where we all hold our stress, right? Most of us do. So what you can do is you can take that list you've written down. And if you are really honest with yourself, ask yourself what things on this list absolutely have to get done today and what are things that would really really be nice if they got done today or i really like to get done today because not all of them belong on the absolutely have to list so if if i have if it's the the end of the month for example the last day of the month and i haven't paid my electricity bill yet I would say that that is an absolute, I have to do that today because I don't want my lights to get turned off. Right? (laughs) Right. Or if my dad has a doctor's appointment and I've agreed to take him to that appointment because he doesn't drive anymore, that would be, I have to do this today. But, you know, do I need to defrost the refrigerator or the freezer? You know, well, (laughs) I'd like to get it done today, but it doesn't, the world's not going to end if I don't get it done today. And so then you have these two lists and then you can take your list of things that really would be nice to get done and meter them out maybe meter them out over the next three days and see how that feels so that's one trick that I do because I think a lot of times we put stuff in this have to and it's really not a have to it's a really would like to (laughs) but we label it as a have to so that's another strategy
0: I love that really sage advice I think um, that's I think a trap that many people including myself fall into of this I have to get everything done you know I have to I I am a people pleaser so I like to respond to everyone's emails I like to you know um, make sure that I do all the polite the etiquette things and and truth be told people sometimes take days if not weeks to reply to me there's And I don't think, you know, poorly of them. I don't have, they they don't have to reply to me, you know, exactly right after I write the message. And I think that a lot of times the things that we put on our have to list are things that can really wait, responding to text messages, responding to emails, responding to calls. Um, If we just take those things off the immediate list these things that tighten, like they make be tighten when I think, oh gosh, I have to reply or I have to respond to this person. If I wait a day and then, it, and that frees up an hour of my time, then I have an hour more of time that I don't have to use up. And I think that that's a really great way of framing it is what really has to be done immediately. Like I have to feed my children. That really has to happen right. breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I have to do that. And, um, so another thing in the article that i really really enjoyed was uh there was a term that you mentioned that was called the mind muscle continuum and you wrote where you tend to hang out habitually along the continuum over time will have a great impact on how you look and feel can you elaborate a bit more on what that means and how it relates to the alexander technique
1: uh, sure so this mind muscle continuum was introduced to me by um, Alexander Teacher, who's now retired from New York, named Judy Stern. And I don't know if, if this, if she coined that term or if she got that from somewhere else, but Judy was the one who introduced it to me, so I will give her credit for it. And basically, if you take a piece of paper and make a horizontal line along the piece of paper, and at one end, you just write the word ease, and the other end, you write the word stress. And above the line, you write the word mind, and underneath the line, you write the word muscle. And I often do this in a workshop on stress and time with with students. And we'll start with the section that says muscle, which relates to your body. And so on your piece of paper under the label ease, when you think of your body when it's at ease you know what kind of words come to mind to describe how you feel if i asked you tammy calm yeah balance right i mean i think of you know my i might think of soft or relaxed i mean you can if you're in a group of people it's kind of fun to do this because you can brainstorm all kinds of words around that And then if you go to the other end of the continuum where we have stress, when you feel stress in your body, you know, what do we feel? Tight. Right. Tight. <laughs> tense. Stressed. Yes. Constricted. Right. Yeah. So that's your, that's your physical kind of part of the continuum. Mm-hmm. And then if we go to the top part where it's, we have it labeled mind, that has to do with your thinking. And with what we're talking about today, we're going to look at your thinking specifically around time. So because we're very good at having stressful thoughts around time, we can start with that. And, you know, we've been already been talking about some ideas around thoughts that we have around time. I don't have enough time, right? I have too much on my plate. I got to get this done now so I can get on to the next thing. I've got 10 things to do. And, you know, I mean, we, again, if you're in a group of people, it's fun to do this and you can really brainstorm a lot. We Most of us have lots of Phrases that belong at this stressful end of the continuum at the other end on the useful end then You can think you know my Simple phrase that I had before was I have time But you know, I have time to enjoy what I'm doing in this moment. You know, I have lots of time I'm not going to run out of time. I have plenty of time and I actually find it helpful to brainstorm easeful thoughts around time because we often don't have a lot of them and then like i mentioned earlier if you catch yourself in that habit of thinking a negative stressful thought around time you've done some work um and come up with some phrases that you can kind of have in your pocket so to speak and pull them out and say okay i'm gonna i'm gonna substitute the i don't have time phrase for one of these nice phrases that i've you know i've come up with
0: I love that. Yeah. That's a great
1: idea. Yeah. And so it's just to show you the connection between how I think and how my body responds. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. I think it's also underscoring another thing that we um, we actually talked about um, in our last episode together was how much of this is a choice. You know, how much choosing the language even that we surround um, these ideas is, is maybe sub, a subconscious choice, but it's still a choice. And, um, and now you get to choose consciously, okay, I'm going to change my relationship with how I think about time. And, I'm, and I have these, these other words that I can associate with it. I have time. I have, it's an abundance of time. I mean, all, it's like an affirmation in a way, uh, a very helpful one. I, I really, um, I love that. I think
1: this is really great, great advice. I think one other thing, you know, I often will have students who will complain that, you know, during the day I feel tense in my shoulders or, you know, my neck. And, you know, often another thing you can do is when you feel that in your body, you know, often we want to stretch or roll our shoulders or get up and move, which may not be a bad idea. But it's also, you know, um, a little sign that you could check in with your thinking and say, okay, my shoulders are tight. That's okay what am I thinking right now in particular relating to time you know whatever I'm doing if I'm folding the laundry or if I'm working on an email you know what is my thought that I'm having right now is it that oh god I have to get this done I only have two seconds to get this done you know Um, and see you just see if you're having a stressful thought around time and if that isn't contributing to that tightness that you're feeling in your body excellent
0: yeah that's wonderful this is really, really, really great. I'm going to think about this and definitely create a list of words that I'd like to associate with time now. Lauren, um, is there anything else that you'd like to share with our listeners today? You've given us, um, I think, really great ideas. First of all, a lot of information relating to you know, our thoughts about being quick versus hurrying and what actually happens and then some tips on what to think about with that. And, Is there another takeaway that you'd like our listeners to have today?
1: Yeah, I guess, um, you, you're an Alexander teacher and I'm an Alexander teacher. And one of the things that we work with a lot is, um, teaching people to be more aware of their reactions and that's really your habits. And the way I look at, um, our mindset around time is that it's often what I call a secondary stimulus. So for example, um maybe you get you're at work and you get assigned some kind of a task by your boss so that in itself is what we would consider a stimulus you will react to being given that task and it may be that you're really overjoyed because now you've been given some responsibility you've been waiting for or you may be really irritated that you've been given this task okay but then usually that triggers a thought regarding time oh i have all day to you know complete this task lots of time or oh my god one more thing on my plate. i'm never going to get this done and so what's happened is that you've now created this thought around time in your head which is another stimulus that you react to and if it's a stressful one we know how we, we react to stress we react to stress with excess muscular tension tightness so you can as we've been talking about, notice that you are creating that stimulus and you can interrupt it and change it. And, you know, the work of the Alexander Technique is really discovering lots of things about yourself. It does have to do with posture, but it really has to do with your habits more broadly. And I guess I would just tell our listeners, you know, just be curious as you discover things about yourself. And remember that you're a work in progress, you know, (laughs) um, we're so hard on ourselves, I think, and it takes you know if if you notice how you know if you start noticing your your self-talk around time and you notice how often you're telling yourself these kind of negative thoughts about "I don't have time," just you realize you've probably been practicing doing that for a long time, so you're good at it, right? You just need to practice something else that's all. And its I'm not saying it's, it's not necessarily easy, but it's, it is worth working on. Your body really will thank you for it over and over and over again. And it's been, for me, I, this issue around time as a stimulus has been very interesting to me because it's a very potent stimulus for me mm-hmm. and one that I constantly work on because of how it affects me physically in terms of my tension patterns in my body. And I also found, you know, with a lot of my students, it's a very, very potent stimulus. So I think it's really something to, to be aware of and a, a place that you can really work on your habits.
0: Absolutely. Uh, it's definitely got me thinking about a lot of things. I think that uh, a lot of people have this very um, bittersweet relationship with time and, uh, and their thoughts around it. We want more time, we actually have time and how we think about time and um, food for thought. And um, I, I, I think that being able to think of it differently will certainly help me in my relationship with time and also the quality of the time that I spend with other people when I'm not hurrying in my thoughts about getting tasks done and just re-examining my relationship with time and being more present. As a result of that, uh, I think that that's, it's, it's, I'm, I'm looking forward to that and getting back to you on how that, that goes. And i look um, forward to
1: hearing your <laughs> update.
0: <laughs> Thank you. Well, it's very fitting, especially uh, I think these days with trying to do so many things at once from home, like a lot of people that are working from home and, and again, having to reexamine uh, time in a different way. Uh, but anyway, um, this has been wonderful. And um, thank you so, so much, Lauren. And it's just so, so nice to talk to you again. And, And thank you. Thank you so much for being our guest today.
1: You're welcome. And
0: thanks for interviewing me. It was a pleasure. It was a pleasure, indeed.